Welcome to the Stronger Business Podcast, where we discover how to get... What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Stronger Business Podcast. We have another episode from the Strong Her series featuring the founders of Business Reboot, Corey and Melissa. And this episode is super cool, super special. It is going to be part of their course. It is titled Dump the Purse, and it's going to be epic. We're going to let y'all teach and guide, lead us in all the awesome ways you do for all the clients you work with. Let's roll. Thanks for having us. We are so excited. You put Corey's name first this time, so she was I I knew she'd be happy about that. I, I try to mix it up a little bit. Oh, good. No, that's good. Okay. So what we're going to talk about is just basically auditing your business for growth. And we call this dump the purse because (laughs) if you are a mom and look, there might be some dads out there too, who just have a bunch of crap in their pockets. But if you're a mom um, or you know what, you don't even have to have kids. If you are a woman, everybody has a purse with stuff in it that you're like, how did this get here? Whether it be like an umbrella and trampoline socks, everybody's got church lady gum in the bottom of their purse. Yes. The, the gum tastes like perfume. I don't know why every time you beat every it, time. It really does. Um, and you know, all all kinds of stuff in there, but we realized that it really it translates to how you run your business. If there's a bunch of crap in your bag in the purse of your business, um, it it can get really heavy. It makes it real heavy. And then it's really hard to to fish through. And so what we want to do today is invite you to like clear off your dining room table and dump that purse upside down and just see what's working and kind of figure out things that you could possibly be doing. It's almost like a self audit that we want you to be able to do on your business um, to see where you can grow, like analyze what's working, what's not. And so the easiest way for us to do that is we're going to just give you a little case study. We're going to talk about our friend, Katie. Okay. Katie is completely fictional, but um, we're going to introduce you to her. She's very nice. She makes really good brownies. Like we love her. She's (laughs) incredible, but she's come to us for some coaching and, you know, she's done really well for herself with her talent or time or contacts. She's been swimming in the lake of her warm market for a really long time. And her business has been cruising along on autopilot. Like she can wake up, go to work, come home, go to bed. It's, it's pretty much the same every single day. But here's the problem is that the things that she used to do to get people in the door, they're not really working for her anymore. And it's really hard to feel creative and inspired and and all that stuff in your business again when you're kind of sitting in defeat. The numbers are not moving, whether it be her social platform not um, growing or, you know, her email list, people are unsubscribing or it's being marked as spam or, you know, she's just not retaining clients. And so we, you know, we really wanted to look inside her purse and see what she's got going on in there. Right. So, and so, and so, yeah, so we're looking at like some of her offers talking about like fluffed value. Some of them are, um, they're not being, what she's offering her clients are not being fully utilized. Like how many of us have offers that have all like this whole punch list of all the things that this package includes. And you realize that like, wait a minute, they don't need all these things or they're not utilizing some of these things. And so we kind of come to the table and are like, well, you know what, let's let's cut this here and let's add this here. Or let's ship this here. Sometimes we can get rid of an entire package um, with clients. And so, so when we dump the purse, that's what we're kind of picking through. What's working and what's not working. I mean, if you're, you still have trampoline park socks from your kids that, you know, have and not been 25. To, yeah, they're 25. I mean, hello, I did five. I'm not, this is not a joke, Chad. Pair of trampoline park socks. I'm like, my kids are 25 and 21 and 21. Why do I still have? I'm, my husband and I are close to 50. Like, Friday night, I, you we got like, to the trampoline park. park. Why do I still have these in my house? And so that's what we will find is that we will get our life and our business will get into that autopilot zone and we just keep cruising along. And so that's where we find that people are wasting their time, they're wasting their money, and they're really not being a benefit to their clients or themselves in their business. So this is something, so the, so the theory here, when we talk about auditing your business for scale and and we title it, dump the purse, we're dumping out the purse, turning it upside down, shaking it all out and deciding what to put back in it. So it's lighter, it's more organized, it's more efficient, it's better for everyday use. We're learning how to, simplify and organize and make our business more efficient and ultimately eliminate confusion because confused customers don't buy. And so y'all are looking at auditing everything inside of the purse, inside of the business and deciding what to change, what to get rid of. I love it. All right, I'm on board. Let's do this. So the first thing that we always 
ask clients or that we would ask Katie as our as our case study is what are your revenue and income goals? Like we creating an offer and and building out this business or or changing this business or simplifying it or scaling it. If you don't know what your revenue and your income goals are, like income meaning like what you need to bring home. What do, what is your piece of this pie need to be in order to keep your your family going? And the revenue, what does your business need? Like, like it's all, I mean, we're talking to the, the money guy here. So Chad, definitely. Speaking my love language here. I, yes. I mean, Chad knows all the money stuff way better than we do. But, but that's a very important piece of what we do with clients too, is you don't, we need to know what you need in this season. We talked about this on our last episode, your capacity in your season. How much do you actually need? So looking mm-hmm. at, when you're looking at what's going to go back in that purse, first of all, how much do you really need? Right. And and need and want are different. Right. And I remember I really want some. I've got uh, one. But no, but I, even thinking about when Corey and I first started working together years ago, one of the very, very first like hard conversations we had, you had messaged me about coaching and you were like, I just need to get some stuff. Like I, I need other eyeballs on this. And I was like, well, how much money do you need to bring in every month? And you gave me a total. And I looked at you and I was like, but how much do you really need? And it was a different number. And I was like, okay, but like, to keep the lights on, how much do you need? And that number was completely different than the other two. And I was like, we don't know what we need. But here's the deal. You don't know what you need till you need it. And we have seen so many businesses, especially when that purse is full. And again, you're eating church lady bubblegum at the bottom. That's got like a, you know, hot tamale attached to it. <laughs> Um, and tastes a little bit like hairspray. <laughs> it is that you will, you have businesses that are robbing Peter to pay Paul. They're they're Maybe they're selling events and they're taking revenue from one event to pay for the last event. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So maybe the thing is, is that Katie hadn't been able to go to a basketball game for her son all year. Maybe, maybe she's been so busy working that she's had to like miss all the family things. Maybe it's that her marketing is heavily relied on things like Instagram as her primary way to reach new customers and all 26 views that she is now getting on her 5,000 followers on Instagram. She's not working. Like, God bless Instagram. Instagram. No, it's that, that marketing rat race. Maybe, maybe it's just overwhelming. I do have, I want to come back. I want you to keep going, but I do want to come back. I have a very specific Instagram marketing question for you two on what you teach, but I don't want to interrupt right now and this dumping out the purse. Okay, so okay. Feel Same free to roll <laughs> on, but just earmark. I got a question for you on something there. I'm going to write that down, down, Chad. Write that down. I personally want to know. Perfect. Okay. Well, also maybe it's it's that she's having a hard time getting clients, right? She's not, well, wait, okay, hold on. She's not having a hard time getting clients, but she's having a hard time retaining clients. And we all know that client retention costs you 60% less than uh, like acquisitioning new people. So the problem isn't that she can't get the clients, but it's that she doesn't have an elevated enough offer to keep them coming back for more. So what we want to happen is we don't want Katie to close her business because we feel like she's really freaking good at what she does. She just needs to tweak it a little. So instead Instead of like throwing your business away and just saying, this is trash, we're done. We want to help you reboot it. We want to help you audit it. Let's figure out what we're keeping because here's why. It's the difference between brilliance and failure is like one decision. Okay. Just all one decision. So this is what we're going to do. We want to help you audit your business so that you can just take like a self inventory. Um, By the time you're done listening to what we have to say, you should be able to write down some like numbers, some figures, some facts about how you're serving and what you're doing and how you're growing your business in a way that you can look at it and really assess where you're at and what your next move should be. Because our big shtick, and this is kind of like the quote hill that we will die on, is that you can't go to what's next if what's working is like it, what what's is, in front of you is front of not working. working. Yeah, you can't, it's not, there's no next if what you're doing right now isn't working. So <laughs> We um we want to but just start. Wait, but as entrepreneurs, yeah. we'll do that. We will yes. we will have a business that's actually not functioning and not working. And we're like, well, what's the next thing? Because I'm supposed to be doing the next thing now, right? And we're like, no. If you're still carrying around this big heavy purse and it is weighing you down to the point that like you actually aren't being successful, you aren't being profitable, you know, it's not working for your life and, and your and your clients and your family guess what? You better dump it all out and let's see really what's working and what's not working. And what we've kind of boiled it down to are these next like five points that we are always having our clients look at 
in terms of auditing their business. When we're looking at what's working and what's not working, these are the five things that are always our first go-tos. Because if you don't, then what ends up <laughs> happening is, and we're going to age ourselves because um, it's just going to happen. Um, although I am more youthful. You know what? Hush about. But here's the deal. <laughs> is that, that old um, like Lucille Ball episode where her and her friend were working at the chocolate shop yeah. and the conveyor belt's going and then all of a sudden it speeds up and it's broken and they're shoving chocolates in their bra. They can't get enough of them in their mouth. And next thing you know, the whole thing falls off it's the rails. Right. We do not, we do not want that for you. So what we're going to do is we're going to just talk about these five quick things that can be really good checks for you to get a pulse on your business and figure out what you actually want to keep doing to serve your clients. So the first one, Corey, you want to take it away? It's revenue revenue and income. Yeah. Revenue and income. And so what we really want to look at is like, are you happy with your current revenue? Are you meeting the goals that you set for yourself last year? How much do you really need to be profitable? We were talking about that earlier. Like, what do you actually need? So you got to look at your numbers. And I think that's the thing, like, Chad knows we don't Chad like knows. numbers sometimes. He had to like come knock on my window and say, you're going to come into my business? Because I cried a lot doing taxes when we first started working together. I did. Cried a lot. You like passed out twice, cried <laughs> a lot, ran away one time. Like it was a whole ordeal. I thought I had to like tranquilize you and like tie you to I the chair at one point. I've had growth. And, and, and so, all right, this comes back to something we talked about earlier in a previous episode Again, knowing your numbers or looking at revenue and profit, so many business owners are like, oh, I'm not a numbers person or, oh, I don't like my, this is a <laughs> skill set. Nobody likes this stuff or initially. Nobody knows what they're looking at. Nobody understands this. This is a skill set. If you're going to be a successful business owner, you got to learn this. Suck it up and learn it. Exactly. And the math has to make sense because here's the thing. We'll get this a lot of times too with clients like, you know, I want to make my goal this year is $220,000. And we're like, well, so what, what What did you do last year? Like, well, I made 20 grand last year. And we're like, okay, well, here's the thing. Well, oh, and I want to work less because <laughs> it's too much for me to carry. We're like, well, hold on a minute. You cannot in one year's time build a team to help you make $220,000 when you only made 20000 last year. Oh, and by the way, I want to work less. That is the Instagram lie that you have bought into. That is not how actual business works. And so we really, that's why it's so important. That's where we, why we always start with the numbers because we then want to help you create offers that make sense and will help you. It's like reverse engineering. We want to know where, what's our goal? What do you need to be profitable? And then how are we going to create and, and organize and structure your offers to get there? And so the other thing too, we want to look at when we're dumping our purse and we're, we're kind of auditing is be smart with what you got. Mm-hmm. Like we will be the first to tell you that you don't need another business book or the latest and greatest you know, piece of equipment or you know software in order to get your business to the next level. What do you have that is working and what do you have that's not? Sometimes Melissa and I've looked at things and we're like, we have three apps that do the same thing. Why are we paying for those three apps? Mm-hmm. Like get rid of it. We don't realize the subscriptions that we've bought into I will be the first to say, Corey, we'll chase the shiny object. We'll chase the shiny object. I got like, pop that hand. I mean, Melissa has really helped me in this of cut the fat from the thing that you do not need this in your business. You don't need that next Instagram course sometimes. Like you don't need it. You know enough knowledge and you have enough within you and your circle of people that like go forward with what you have and get started. The grass um, is always greener. We, Everybody, all of us are guilty of that. And at some point we learn we got to stop chasing and we got to harness what we have. And I, I love that. Be happy with what you got and work on what you have instead of trying to go out and find some magic bullet somewhere or some you, special. You are the magic sauce. That's literally yes. it. That's literally it. And then the last thing to really think about when it comes to your income and revenue is if you're wanting to be smart with it, is just don't don't spend exactly what you make. Here's where it's going to be real unsexy. And oh, preach, preach. <laughs> is um, we're going to say this, and uh, I'll say it slow. It is four words: scale down, five words: scale down to scale up. Okay, so you know, examples of this of this is if you've got three programs, do the same thing like Corey just said. Just cut one of those. Like, let's be smart and not waste money. Now, mind you. That's why you hire professionals like ta- uh, like Chad to handle your taxes and to help your business plan for these kind of things because it's gonna gonna help you like keep your revenue. That's my favorite thing that you have ever said and yes. taught us is yes. Let's keep the money, keep the money it's in the business. Not about but, what you make, it's about what you keep. And if you can't yes, be profitable now, you're not gonna be profitable in the future. If you can't manage a hundred dollars, you can't manage a thousand. You can't manage ten thousand. You can't manage a hundred thousand. You can't manage a million. Build the financial fundamentals 
to be profitable, spend less than you make now and keep more of your money. This is not a hobby. This is a business. Businesses are profitable and they should be profitable, honestly, from the start. Yep. Right. hundred percent. I love it. I love it. Okay. So the next thing is, you know, so now we've looked at your income and we've kind of given you some things to think about. Um, next, we want to look at the capacity of your current season. And we talked about this in a previous episode, just about really running with, with, you know, what, what time you have, and it may not be the right time for you to just put the pedal to the metal in your business, but let's analyze where you're at. How many hours are you giving your business? per day or per week, especially if it's new? Um, Are you looking to build a team so that you can work on the business? Like you get to work on it rather than just working in it. Um, Are you in a season of growth and hustle? And do you have the time to be able to scale this? Are you growing a family that you need to account for things like maternity leave or paternity leave? Can you add to the number of clients on your roster? Because that is not always the answer. When people are like, you need to make more money, you got to add more people. No, it's not because I I can't not squeeze more time out of nothing. Like it's just literally not. I would always tell people, raise your prices before you add more people in, like Mm -hmm. figure out ways to add value rather than, than add more people to your roster. Because if you asked us, like we would, um, I don't know where we heard this, some brilliant genius, I think, but I think we would prefer profit sharing or using some semblance of, of, uh, working with our clients where we've got five people that we're working with that we get to be the the people they go to for everything so that we never had to change those five clients. Like that's what we would do. We would be the heart and soul of that business and handhold them through eternity and the length of life of that business. And we make money as they make money. Yes, we're, we're helping them. That. Make money. Oh, yes, love it. Put exactly. your money where your mouth's at. That's right. That's right. right. So, so Corey, like how, why don't you tell them, like, so, how do we do this? So one of the things that we always encourage our clients when we're looking at this whole dump the purse idea is be realistic with yourself and ask yourself, what do you really want? I think that a lot of times we're chasing other people's dreams and that's the wrong thing. You're never going to be happy. You're never going to feel success because it's not actually not your dream. So, so look at in life and business, you know, you're not, you're not growing somebody else's ideal business just because it looks good on the outside. What do you want? Remember saying yes to one thing means that you're saying no to something else. And so that is something that we really like, we can't design help you design this business or design this thing, this offer, this product, whatever it is, if you actually don't know what you want out of it. What is the end result? What's the end goal? Not just money, but it's also what do you want your life to look like? If you have to sell your soul and sell your life to this business, I'm just we are not up. Kanye it's and this ain't Illuminati. I mean, we need to know. It's not going to yeah. make you happy. Yeah, it's we not need make to know. And, and if you can't figure what that is, if you can't figure it out, do yourself the solid and go five deep with with why. And I don't, I'm not trying to like attribute to the kind of buzzwords of hustle and why, because I do believe that your why shifts so much that that should not be the pillar in which you build your consistency on. But I do think that if you, if you were to say, you know, I want to write books, well, why, why do you want to write books? Well, because I believe they'll help people. Why, why do people need to be helped? Well, because there's this problem. Well, why is that a problem? Well, because, and when you dig down five whys deep, it's going to give you the like core gut of what it is that you're actually wanting to do and what you're wanting to get to and how you serve. So by doing that and and just realizing that you are going to have to make sacrifices and figure out exactly what capacity you have, where you're at, that's the only way that things are going to grow. So And, yeah. and I'm a testament there to how important that is. Uh, I spent 15, 20 years of my career in multiple businesses growing things and not thinking about the why and I'm, I'm my, my talent, my gift is being able to grow businesses and, and grow profitable different entities and businesses and different things. And that's the part of the entrepreneur side. I love the building and growing, but I didn't think about the why or the destination. And so over and over again, I've ended up with businesses, really successful businesses, big businesses that I didn't want. Like I, I just got into the growth phase or like growing something or building something and didn't think about the why or the end result. And you, you end up building something that's, again, it's awesome. I built something really cool and helping people and it's profitable and by all accounts it's successful, but it's not what I wanted. It didn't take me where I wanted to go. And so it was somewhat a complete, almost waste of my time. I learned a ton and there's some financial benefit there, but and then I, I heard something uh, that really resonated with me when it comes to your why you're kind of figuring that out is, you know, what do you love to do? What are you really good at? And what problem does it solve? 
I think right. if you can connect those, you start learning your why pretty fast. And yeah, so it's a testament to what you are teaching and what you're saying there. Um, right. I've, I've, I've screwed that up over and over again in, in my past career. Oh, we have too. So I mean, worry. I mean, a thousand percent we have. We, yeah. and, and I think that's the other thing too, with entrepreneurial entrepreneurship, Melissa has always said that it, when you sign yourself up to be an entrepreneur, you sign yourself up for a lifelong um, lesson in like self-development. Like yeah. you are constantly, but I think that's also part of the human story. And I think that's why I love entrepreneurship so much. And I think the three of us all love entrepreneurship so much because it, it is just it's the ebb and flow of the human story and and the evolution of as you grow and you you have you gain wisdom through failures and through successes and then like you get to pour that back into what you're doing in this next season in this next um phase of life and business and i just i it, i just think it's really cool yeah and, that. and that's what we want to encourage people too with this capacity is how much time do you actually have to give to this thing that you're growing or that you're wanting to do? Or maybe you have a very successful business and you want to grow another arm to it, or you want to scale it and make it even bigger for even more impact. And we always tell people like track your time daily, weekly, monthly. What are you doing? Where are you spending the majority of your time? Because if your days are something like Melissa was saying, if you have a client roster, let's just say you work with clients here in the service-based industry and your client roster is has you slammed all day with calls Okay, so when are you planning on growing this new thing? Or when are you planning on building out this? Like, are you going to do it in your sleep? Mm-hmm. Like, we only have 24 hours a day. So so that means that you're going to say yes to this new thing that you're wanting to do in your business. Then you're going to have to start saying no to some other things. You're going to have to break off some of those client, you know, clients from your list, raise your prices. A few of those clients will fall off, possibly bring in an associate so that they can take on some of that client, um, that, you know, client work. Um, but I think that that's one of the things that really track your time. Where are you spending it? And and what is the capacity? Because squeezing more in doesn't equal success. It actually equals burnout. And we will watch people feel really um, frustrated. And I will say people and mean myself, because I remember leaving my old industry when I was a wedding photographer, and then just being like, you know, sad every time people I knew didn't book me for their wedding. And I was like, why am I sad? They're not booking me for the thing that I do not want to do anymore. And, and so when you're <laughs> sitting there and you're going, let me look at my capacity. And if you realize there are things that you need to let go of, you have to be okay with those things still being out in the world. And it's like, it, you know, it's like when you move away, life continues for everybody that was where you were. So um, it's, it's a lot of just about addressing where you're at and figuring out, what you can sustain. Right. Okay. Yep. So right. the next thing that we will, we always look at with clients and we're sifting through the, the stuff of, of what's working and what's not working is what are your current offers? Offers? How are you serving clients? What is the product that you're, you're selling um, and that you're serving with? And so what's, what's selling and what's sitting mm-hmm. is always what we say. Let's look at your list of offers. What is flying out the window and why is that happening? How, do you have an offer that's not moving? How often do clients of yours have the wrong offer or focused on the wrong thing? Is it 99%? Is it 50%? Is it 10%? That seems to be a, a common issue I see. I would say that it is a, a large percentage yeah. of clients that we work with. It's that their offers, like we talked about in a previous episode, are too jam-packed because they think that adding more equals more value. And it actually doesn't. It, com- it confuses the consumer. And I know you said this in the past too, a, consum- a confused consumer will not buy. Um, so we so we always go back to also just the math math. Like you have this offer over here that's at this price point, and then you have this offer over here, but the math doesn't math. And like for instance, Chad, if person. you if you charged a thousand dollars to do taxes for someone, but at the same time you offered a fifty dollar learn how to do your own taxes course, that math would not math. That does not um it doesn't it doesn't add up. It doesn't make no. sense. And and they're not like why would I why would I spend the money for you to do it when I can learn it from you for it doesn't add up. And so just making sure that that what you're putting out there that you actually have your eyes on it too. And and I will say that uh one little story that we talk about when we teach this workshop is um I used to work at a, a family-owned business and it, these people were incredible. I adored them. Um and they sold products that everybody in the town loved. And I remember pulling their books one January and realized that they had not pulled the books in 
ages and um, every January. And so when we were looking at some things, there was one product that they had um, and they had like 13 of it in stock and they were going to order more. And I was like, well, why are, why are we ordering more? We haven't even used what we had before. And I realized it's because it was on auto ship that, that they just always ordered 13 of this is just what they had for eternity <laughs> done. And, um, and it was one of those where I was like, but let's just, let's not, it doesn't make sense. And so you want to make sure that what you're putting out there, other than the fact that it's what people need, but that it makes sense for where you're wanting to go. You know, you talked about not jam packing offers, but we also, and, and making things math, but the other thing that kind of will lead into um, our next you know, thing that we do to help audit businesses is, are these offers going to lead themselves to a longer customer journey? Because again, we've said it before, we've said it in the previous episode too, that it is 60% more cost effective to retain a, a client than it is for you to go get a new one. And so are your offers timeless? Are they going to be things that help your customers stay and tell their friends about it? Which right, right. now coming back to numbers is so freaking important. I want to, I want to talk about that for a second. Understanding your lifetime value of your customer, that's huge. Are Do you have something where they can come back? Can they do business with you in the future? Can they buy more stuff? How often are they doing it? What are you doing to harness that, to upsell or whatever, communicate with them or touch points, whatever it may be. And you've got to compare that to your acquisition cost per customer. How much time, effort, energy, and money are you spending to get that customer and how, how, what are you making off of them across the lifetime of that customer? And, and what's your retention rate? That's probably the key to business right there, all wrapped up uh, in, in what you guys are teaching there. I think that's the, the biggest place that most business owners, entrepreneurs never realize or never get to. So that's huge. I love it. And I will say too, talking about numbers, for instance, and offers, um, I was primarily before I switched, I pivoted into brand photography and then into coaching with business owners. I was doing mostly senior photography. Again, that was my my season. My girls were, you know, middle school, high school age, my demographic of my immediate network. We were all moms in that season. And so I had a talent. I was I was doing senior photography and made it a big deal. Marketed it. It was amazing. What I was finding, and I was list this is where going back and listening to what people want and do your offers match that was I was offering like shoot and share. So I would just shoot pictures and then give them the images based on how many images they wanted. And that was how I I, I organized my packages. Well, what we realized was I ran into one of my seniors who had graduated. She was a college freshman, came home for fall break. And she was like, Miss Corey, do you know that my mom still has my senior portraits sitting on the laptop? She's never ordered them. She's never done anything. Blah, blah. Mom, meanwhile, is over there like, oh, I know I'm such a terrible mom. I haven't had time. Just, you know, it's busy when they go off to college. There's so many things to do. It just got put on the back burner. So instantly what I heard was a problem. And I was like, hold on a minute. I can solve this. And so what I realized was that if I would incorporate in-person sales or a way to say, these are your favorites, let me help you order the prints. This I kind of organized some packages and then I would order the print. So it was very much a luxury elevated service then because we did pictures, they came in, they saw them, they picked their package. I ordered the prints and then hand delivered them in a beautifully wrapped box. And they were like, thank you, Jesus, for making this so easy for me. I will pay you every single penny I have to make this happen. Thank you. And it became one of those things where they really appreciated that extra level of service. But my sales, average sales went from like, I don't know. $450 to $500 per client to anywhere from $1,000 to $1,500 per client. Then talking about client retention and 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 not you know being able to to see how much um how much I could extend this client interaction this client journey was then at the end of the year for Black Friday I would always offer a discounted rate on the digitals that they hadn't purchased before and we would say if you want any digitals before they're gone. You know, we're cleaning off all the the external hard drives. These are here if you would want them. And we offered them at a discounted rate. They were already edited. They were already ready to go. So then I was able to make a second sale per client. Not every client would purchase, but a large majority of them would because they were like, ah, there's still some of those pictures I didn't get that we really want. So I was able to then look at how we could extend that, that client journey. And so, well, because every year that you're in business, 
that is more data you're collecting on what your clients need. So for instance, even with my coaching journey, I've got clients who have been with me and they're tapped out at my highest offer and their contracts are about to expire. And it's not that you come to them like this is where you have to really check your own ego and your own manipulation because don't be coming to people just with something more expensive because you like bigger numbers. But if you see that there are gaps that they have had in maybe that last year of service or that last product they bought from you and you can look at it and go, you know what would be better is if I could support them with X. Or if if we added these two things, yes, it'll cost more money, but I really believe this could be super effective and impactful for their business because all my stuff is B2B. And so um, going and pitching that and sharing that, it becomes so clear that sales are serving mm-hmm. and it's like an, an utter kindness to be clear and to elevate what you're offering for them so that, that they can stay with you. Because again, even aside from just the, the expense of acquiring new clients, like that relationship is uh, something that, the, again, is a checkpoint for you when it comes to client journey and retention, which was like our number four thing, is that building building relationships, they're not only going to just lead to referrals, but they can absolutely change the trajectory of your financials for a year. And, um, and I think that it's just really important, especially if we're talking about being kind humans and we're yes. talking about finding work-life balance and we're talking about the importance of chasing impact and influence as much as you are the dollar because you can only... You can have all the money in the world if you got no friends to spend it on. What are you going to do with it? Like it is going to be left there when you're dead. So, um, you know, building those relationships, it will make this experience as an entrepreneur so much better. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, those client referrals are are so impactful to to the to the growth of your business. And like Melissa said, when people feel very loved and taken care of and served in big ways. And like you are, you have really solved this problem. You've taken for me with the, with the senior photography part of my business. It was like, you have served us in big ways that you'll never even know because I didn't have to think about it. Thank you for capturing. I used to tell my clients all the time, do you realize this is the last time your child is going to probably have a portrait made before they get married? Like oh, this is just the end. gut those parents with the heartstrings. Yeah. Like, Ooh, that's season. good. That is good. And I valued the time that I have with my girls and that this moment, this the only time they are, they're never going to be this age again. And they are literally, it is like the, the bridge crossing from childhood to adulthood. And that's why I was so passionate and serving that way. And when you can make these offers so great because you know they're serving in such a big capacity and it it goes away, like Melissa, it goes way beyond the dollar, but it's about the relationship that you're creating and how you're serving people with what you do and how you love them. Those referrals just come in time and time again, because they're like, Corey sees me. She loves me. She has taken such good care and we've had such a great experience. Now I have to share her, you know, with my friends. And that was just how the business success um, it, it just, it snowballed. And, yeah. and I think that people see your, your true heart and your true spirit and what you're doing. Well, and we have a kind of a motto that says, you know, be like from, for the business reboot is be seen, be served, make more money, period. And so when you're auditing your business right now, look, look at when it comes to that client retention, look at, are they being seen? Are they being served? And is it leading you to more money? Um, and that's really like, check that off your auditing list. And people tremendously underestimate the power of word of mouth or referrals. I have seen multiple businesses with over $20 million a year in revenue, businesses that sell things for $3,000 per transaction, over $20 million a year in revenue that has never spent a single dollar on marketing. It's all word of mouth. It's all referrals. It's driven from referral sources. And so you can grow a business way bigger than your wildest dreams through word of mouth and referral. But people, they they want some sort of like shortcut or hack or some, some spend some money on Instagram and grow a thousand clients. It doesn't work that way. Word of mouth is by far the cheapest, easiest, one of the fastest ways to grow in most yeah, businesses. we build our business. I mean, really, we've, we've done zero yeah, ads. Yeah, I mean, um, but, yeah. but be a good human. Like we're talking about the shortcut. Like really the shortcut is be a good human. Be a good human and and run a profitable business and- um, and, ask, and ask yourself these questions. Like right. doing, doing an audit like this will help you, again, with like going back to dumping the purse. Like it's going to help you- fish through and clean up the stuff that's not working so that you can get to the meat and the heart of what is. So like just to round that out, like our last thing to to look at to audit is going to be 
is, do you have effective marketing? So like using a cohesive brand story to share how you solve problems is like ideal for building community, right? We all spend money to solve a problem. And we talked about that a few minutes ago, but um, you know, if you need a new mattress, you go to mattress store. You don't have, you don't have time to cut your grass. You call a lawn company. You want somebody to like beautifully document your wedding day so that you don't have to worry about missing any moments. Then you hire the most amazing photographer that's going to make you laugh and have fun with you all day. And, you know, you just, you need to make sure that you're effectively communicating what you do and how you can serve your clients. So, uh, you know, depending on, on what resources you're utilizing, like, we really want to talk to you about those marketing channels. So let's let's look like the how to that is to assess if you're using and all of the marketing channels that you you possibly could in the proper way. Because you don't have to use every channel, no. right? No, you totally don't. Like you don't have to have TikTok, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, Facebook, AT and T, All right. Okay. So this is my question. This is coming back to what I earmarked earlier in this episode. and said, "Hey, I have a question. I want to know, and I want to know what you teach and what you coach." Because I, I'm curious as the answer. I don't know what to do when it comes to marketing. When it comes to influence. When it comes to getting it yourself out there, word of mouth, um, social media. What do you all teach? What is the right answer? Is it, let's just take Instagram, for example. Is it, hey, you need to be putting yourself out there on Instagram and you need to be doing a personal video every day or you need to be paying a company. You need to be outsourcing Instagram or, hey, you're fine not being on Instagram. Not every business needs Instagram account. Or do you think everybody needs to at least be on there? Because if somebody tries to look for you and they can't find you, they think you're shady if you're not on Instagram. What what are you teaching? What are you coaching of how important is something like social media? How often should you be on there? Should you be paying somebody to do it? Should you be doing it? That's the world of like, I feel like it's the easiest path to build influence and build credibility and build relationships without one-to-one interaction. But there's all sorts of confusion of how to do it, how often, when to pay for it. And so, yeah, tell me what y'all's thoughts are there and what you believe or what you teach on your side. We want to debunk a little bit of a myth, a word that you said, which was, you know, to like put out influence. We are in the age of influencers, right? We have seen companies be built just by influencers approving their product. Mm-hmm. Um, I can think of several uh, on, on my own. And I, I think about for my kids, my daughter loves slime. And there's a company called Peachy Babies that makes the most incredible slime. But they were selling slime like hotcakes. And then Kim Kardashian found it, bought some for her kid, posted it on Instagram. And then they were selling out like slime drops every Friday night in like 20 seconds. And part of the fun at my house was the game of, are we going to be able to get one? You got millions of people fighting to spend $20 on slime. That's That was what ended up happening, right? I'm going to just go ahead and burst our internet bubble. That is not real life. <laughs> there, there are enough smoke and mirrors that you will see on the internet um, to let you like absorb and think that this is normal. And I will just tell you that is not normal. Now you were absolutely obtuse if you were not trying to utilize social media in some capacity. For so your you business. should it be is- on social media if you're a business Good. owner. Yes, it is free so? marketing. It's free marketing. It's free ways for you to engage and interact. But here's the thing. It cannot be a, let me put my tip, let me put my graphic, let me put my information out there, and I'm just going to expect people to come to me. Like, it's just, it does not how it works. It is a chance for you to go and utilize and engage and interact and meet people. Social, it's social, it's right? social media. Now, now, the we will tell you the thing that we say is the thing that you should do the most, which is, again, a part of this audit, is to utilize something that you're going to be able to be consistent at. I don't care if it's all right. Basic. Hold on. Oh, hold on now. You just y'all just like a lot bulb moment, like big time for me, especially Corey. When you point out it's social media, so mm-hmm. just throwing stuff on there or throwing a video on there or a tip on there every once in a while, not engaging, not being social, is the equivalent of going to a chamber network lunch and sitting in the corner not talking to anybody. Hundred yeah. percent. You've yeah. got to engage and you be social to. and comment. Ah, there's the like. That's yeah. the missing piece for me. Even that if I, you have something go viral, even if you have something viral, is not like four thousand views on say a reel. It's like if you have four million views on a reel on Instagram, if you still have like thirteen comments, I appreciate that 
like viral situation, but one of our close friends, she owns a, a brand called the Cheetah Company and it's a marketing agency. Um, and she does like consulting and, and she had a reel that went viral. I think it was like 700 and maybe 780,000 people um, saw this reel. And it was, um, it was really funny because she worked for a brand long ago that told her she couldn't wear cheetah print to work. And so it was just a picture of her and she was like in a pair of jeans and a, a blazer that was like cheetah. And it was one of those uh, like sound bites that was like, just living my life or something like that. And it went, it went viral. And she, because it, it she was like, that was the plan. The, the plan was to do something that would be controversial, but using trending audio and just to see what would end up happening. It went viral. And she said, I want to see how many followers I gain. It was all just like market research for her. Um, how many followers I gain? How many people are actual potential clients? You could have 700,000 followers on your social media account. If those people are buying from you, they mean nothing. They are like having yeah. a whole bunch of bots in your email list. Mm -hmm. Like that it means nothing. They're not going to, I care squat about numbers. I would rather have 200 people on my Instagram account that are going to buy from me because I can tell you if they were in my living room right now, I'd be breathing into a bag, trying to figure out how I'm going to feed them all. Right. And so looking at, at what the numbers actually mean, it, it is, it is better to have a smaller number, but have them be more engaged. And unfortunately, and fortunately at the same time, it doesn't have to be a pay to play, but that's how you pay is you go and you spend your time on these apps. You and pay you with time. With other people. Pay with yeah. time. Currency. It doesn't have to be cash, but it's definitely time currency. I love that viral video reference you made there. Cause what popped in my head is, 700,000 people viewed my video or viewed her video. That's the equivalent of saying, Hey, 700 cars passed today and looked at my sign. They're 100%. not turning in there and doing business with you. They're not potential, even customers. Most of them, they don't even utilize your product or service. So that, that reference really resonated with me and made me think about it from a little different perspective. So what you're telling me is she had a viral video she didn't become a millionaire overnight. No, her she business up, didn't explode. Gained, Nothing crazy happened. Like, I don't think she gained like maybe 150 followers. She ended up blocking and removing a bunch of them because they were bots <laughs> or Same. they were not, you know, I mean, anytime that anytime we've had large, I mean, I've, I've had a couple of reels that I've had like 14,000 years went to like I went 70 or no, I had 90. One, it was like 220. Yeah. And it's, but it, but it doesn't mean anything. It didn't right. Mean, it didn't it's do like, anything. Yeah, makes you feel good. Makes you feel good. Yes. Thousand people have viewed this this reel. Oh my gosh! But I mean, it's did not, it did it bring ten thousand followers? Absolutely not. So I think that that's where people get hung up on trying to create viral content. And I think what you need to do is create helpful content, create content that's going to build relationships, create content that shows people the the problems that you solve. And what we always say too is that. It's like your website is so like the, when we talk about the things that people need to have when they're looking at effective marketing, you need to have a website and there will be people that tell you, oh, websites are obsolete. I'm going to tell you, no, that's not true. Mm -hmm. um, it, if, I mean, if you haven't, if you are listed in the yellow pages or I mean, if, are the yellow pages still alive? I'm not sure. I don't know. But like mm -hmm. you, you do, you don't need to have to have the yellow pages. You do need to have a website because what we always say is, especially if you are virtual and you don't have a brick and mortar place that people can like come in to physically interact with you. That is like having a brick and mortar. That's like hanging your shingle out to say, hey, this is who I am. I'm open for business and this is how I, I serve or these are the things that I sell. That is a very important place to, to, to thing to have. But then your social media is like your foot traffic. It's mm -hmm. like showing the day-to-day -day operations of what you're doing. Hey, I'm busy. Because I'll tell you, Melissa and I will tell you, we've gone to people's Instagram accounts and if they haven't posted since... March of 2022, we're like, are they are they still in business? Because you know what everybody does. As soon as you find something or a new business or a restaurant, or whatever, you go straight to look. Instagram or you go yep. to Facebook. We will say this though, go where you're, spend time where your people are. If you're made mostly marketing to like, let's say like baby boomers, what you do, your service or your product is mostly serving um, baby boomers. They're not on Instagram. God, well, my mom is because she wants to see my stories, but sometimes <laughs> she gets confused. That's so what button you're supposed to question. Why are those stories? I just saw it. Why? I said, well, mama, you saw it on the 24th hour. So it doesn't exist anymore. Well, I can't go back and see it. I know, mama, that's what you can't get this Instagram story. So then Facebook is where they, they are, they are, they are hanging out. So go and be on Facebook with your business. If you are predominantly like B2B, you're servicing, but you're servicing and, and, and serving business owners. LinkedIn is a great place for you to be. Um, if you are coming from a more corporate standpoint or you're serving you know, clients that are more corporate based, LinkedIn can be a great platform too for you to use. You don't need to be dancing on TikTok. 
Um, so, so really spend time on the platforms where your people are and where you can go and find them and engage with them and, and really showcase what you offer. And then, um, yeah. And then know that again, because social media is free marketing, it like doesn't cost you anything to do it. Um, aim to be different. Like this is for like auditing your business. Like how different is your content? And this does not mean everybody needs to tap into their Enneagram four and go be original. I love y'all, but I know original thoughts under the sun. Everybody done done everything. Let's just do it the way that we would individually do it. And so uh, know that you don't have to be an influencer. You don't have to position yourself in any sort of way to make yourself look more important than you really are. Sometimes it really is just, you know, like one of, one of our favorite accounts, she's a realtor. And um, she teaches other realtors how to utilize social media for their accounts. And it is literally just her. There was there was a video we watched. It had like 900 bajillion, jillion, like followers and like five bajillion like comments. She probably made $800,000 off that one reel. And it was her butter and some toast. And it had some words on the top. And I was like, I really want to get paid to butter toast. I would, I like toast. But her content was stellar. <laughs> yeah. the, the caption was so mm-hmm. incredible. But it was simple. It was not some overly composed like quit trying to make every single post that you create viral just speak to your customers i think that is the part that we both get like fired up about it's like i am not trying to market to everybody i am not everybody's cup of tea i'm just not and and it's good because everybody would get on my nerves i need to meet my people and so that's what you need to do when you're looking at how you're utilizing your marketing where are you going to meet your people marketing is not just out there so that you look busy or you look popular. We stopped wearing busy as a badge of honor like years ago. Like we're done with that, right? Um, We're done with like hustle culture. Yes, you do have to hustle, but you don't have to like make that your whole life. You don't have to make, you don't have to utilize every single platform. But when you are looking at this business and you're going, how do I get it to grow? And you've now checked on your income and revenue. You've checked on your, um, you know, your client journey. You've checked on your current offers. You've looked at what capacity you actually have. Now look at how you're marketing it and see if it's telling a story people want to be a part of. And if it's not, it's time to change some stuff. Don't put that back in your purse Mm -hmm. because um, it's just going to get crusty church lady gum stuck (laughs) to it with the and hot tomorrow. Right. And also remember your email list is something that you own. It's it's on your own platform. It's yes, not 100%. percent So so make sure that you have an email list. Um make sh- in-person networking. Chad, mm-hmm. you mentioned it earlier. I think that that is something that is way underutilized. I think we've gotten really comfortable and and I don't I don't want to say lazy because that's maybe that sounds ugly, but lazy and the fact of like building in-person relationships and and tapping in because I think too that the internet has sold us this this idea that, you know, online working and messy, messy bun, yeah, laptop lifestyle, messy bun, coffee dates, like, that's how we all want to work. Well, you you still have to be a real person. And you still do have to sometimes put pants on and get dressed. And, and be in Melissa, and I will both tell you that so many of our clients, and so many of the opportunities that have come our way, right now talking to you on stronger business, it's because we have real life relationships with people. And, and we are, all working collectively together um, to to help each other out and to know like, hey, you know, be a connector. I'm not the person that can serve you, but hey, there's somebody over here. Let me just tell you, you need you need tax information, you need tax tips. I've told so many people, go check out Chad Brown's Tax Tip Tuesdays. And then they write me back, oh my gosh, he is brilliant. I'm like, keep following. Just keep following. You never know what he's going to do next. Don't call him, but keep following. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so those in-person networks are so important and we have to learn to, to be social in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- there's just, there's so many SEO optimization for your website. I mean, there's, there's so many things that you could do content creation. We could talk all day about long form content and making sure that that lives, whether it's a podcast, like we all have, whether it's a blog, um, there, there's so many different things that you could do and, and using a hero piece of content, because what, what we're, what we're saying to you, people are going to hear it and go, I don't have time to do all of that. Those they hear content crazy. and they go, I'm not a, I'm not an influencer. I don't want to make content. Content is just putting your words out there for other people to consume. Yeah. And so if you're auditing your business, like just make what's already available, either that you're using somewhere else or that you've got in you that you need to get out there and make it so that people can see it and then just be really consistent with it. That's like, that's the thing. And you can repurpose things too. the content talking about marketing, the content that you're creating, maybe lives on your website, or maybe it's on your blog, or maybe it's on your podcast. Guys, take a podcast episode or take a blog post and and chop that up into little pieces. And then that becomes your Instagram content, or that becomes a Facebook post, or that becomes a LinkedIn article. 
you're you're re, you're creating it one time, but then you're using it five or six different ways so that you're not over here being this content creation machine. Nobody can withstand that. And that's why people stop being consistent. And that's why marketing feels hard, scary, and that it doesn't work. And we're here to tell you that you you can make it a lot simpler than you've probably been making it. I love it. That is that is exactly the answer to everything I was thinking and wondering from a social media and a marketing standpoint. And it, it's just a different perspective. Y'all help me kind of realize and think about, and I think that's huge for our audience and our listeners out there. Well, we have officially like dumped the purse out. Yes. We emptied it. We shook it all out, cleaned it out a little bit, and we have put it back the five things that we really need in the purse that we really need in our business. We've, we have it lighter, more efficient, more profitable. And what an amazing episode for anybody out there listening. I I mean, the the amount of value that you, you two just wrapped up in this episode is amazing, but there's even more y'all do an entire workshop, an entire series around, around this, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've got, this was our, our very first workshop of this year. Um, it's our, we have a workshop series called built and it's really just helping you build profitable businesses that can grow. And, um, so this was our very first one for the year, um, called dump the purse, but we are going to be digging in each quarter, um, for spring quarter, it's going to be utilizing things like AI to build out your systems. AI ain't going anywhere, but here's the deal. Learn how to use it. If you don't learn how to use it, um, it will abuse you Um, and you'll you'll become obsolete, but it can't be just utilized in the way that a lot of people do, especially that we see online where they put in, you know, responses and it spits out answers and that's what they're sharing. We need to teach you how to differentiate yourself with it. Um, And then um, our next uh, one that's going to be in the fall, we're going to be helping you figure out that scalability, looking through your current season and seeing if you're ready um, to move on and create offers that are going to elevate your own brand. And then finally, at the end of the year, we're going to be talking about preventing burnout and figuring out how you can go into 2025, um, the most ready that you've been for just an impactful year. And so the whole reason that we created this series was, and then created built to begin with was that we wanted to give entrepreneurs touch points. If you're not utilizing a coach, which we really hope that you would, we are for hire, just in case you are curious, um, you get two for one is what we're saying. But, um, if you're not utilizing that, a lot of times people will lose steam. You know, we're not, we we don't feel like we have to create New Year's resolutions anymore. We don't even really dig into picking a word so much anymore a year, even though this year we actually did pick one. So that's funny. Um, but we very much um, wanted to give entrepreneurs a touch point so that you can keep that motivation and that drive running all year long um, by just making sure that you're touching base on certain points in your business that we felt like would be really helpful to get you planning a quarter ahead. You know, if you're if you're doing social media on the fly, or if you're planning your client journey on the fly, you're looking at new offers and you're just coming up with them in your sleep and and waking up the next morning and putting them out there for people. That is again like the throwing pasta at the wall. And if it sticks or if it doesn't stick, it's not going to be ways for you to to. It's not going to be a way for you to plan out the revenue that you're going to be bringing in. It's not going to be sufficient for you to be able to make plans running, you know, the business itself, not just doing what the business is offering. And so um, we want people to plan and and be able to dedicate time and to be motivated and be excited about running their business. Because the whole point of the business reboot is that we want people to love the business that they're building so that they do it for a really long time. Um, we don't want you to close your doors. We just want you to reboot it every now and then so that you're doing it in a way that feels the most authentically rich to who you are and leads to a life that you actually want to live. That's it. 100%. Yes. Everybody go check out Business Reboot. Instagram is the best place to start to connect with all the workshops, the podcasts, the coaching, all the things y'all are doing to help business owners become more successful, grow, scale, make more money of their dream life. I love it. Y'all go follow Melissa and Corey, follow the Business Reboot, check out all they're doing more tax tips, things like that on my page, Chad Brown CFO, more podcast episodes and Stronger Business at Stronger Business on Instagram. Melissa, Corey, again, another epic episode. Thank y'all so much. Cannot wait to do this again. Everybody go out, get stronger this weekend. We'll see you next week.